Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're gonna take a look at capital raises as well as what's happened in the stock market, some gainers and losers. Well, right now, InBev is up 55%, that's 97 cents. So they're only trading at $2.71. Looking at some other gainers, I put that in air quotes because up 165% is MGC Pharmaceuticals. They're trading at two cents. <laughs> so you really wanna look at the volume. You don't wanna get suckered in. And you also wanna look at the price uh, because these percentages are, are pretty outlandish. Green Thumb Industries saw a pop of 3.4%, trading on $11.50. Some of the losers, looks like Next Tech AR is down 25%, trading at $4.95. Reporting a U.S. $587,000 in revenue, that's a sequential increase of 29.5%. M. Jardin Group released its first quarter financial results for fiscal 2020. So the Toronto-based company generated revenues of 2.2 million Canadian dollars during the quarter, down by roughly 80% compared to the same quarter last year. The company posted a positive adjusted EBITDA of 3.2 million versus a loss of around 3.4 million in the first quarter fiscal 2019. Weed MD is probably taking a boost from the, the virus as more people are logging on. So they disclosed its revenues rose by 327% to 12.2 million. That's a year over year increase of 265%. Some of the ETFs has some positive gains. That's good to see for them. Uh, we are nominated for best AI platform, best alternative investment. We're up uh, 89% compared to MJ and 147% compared to PodX. And that's uh, from year to date and since August, respectively. So I've been waiting to report on Afria and Aurora. They're looking at a gigantic merger, but it's been suspended after failing to agree on board compositions, according to Bloomberg. So if a deal had come to fruition, the combined entity would have been valued at around roughly three and a half billion and maintain a 30% market share of the Canadian recreational cannabis sector. Before we get to the capital raises, the other top news is that Mike Tyson, he has acquired the license to print cannabis products from smart cups. So it's an interesting technology where you have some cups and you have accurate dosing within there. All you do is add water and then voila, whatever flavor or combination of CBD or THC or whatever else is in there is an accurate dose within that cup. So if you haven't heard about it, check it out. It's called Smart Cups. All right, so Viridian Capital Advisors gave us an update. It looks like cannabis capital raises picked up in June as public companies get some new money, although that might not be a good thing, depends on, on the deal. So for transactional activity ending June 12th, there was an active week, both numbers, transaction and aggregate dollars raised. So for the first time since 2020, we saw more dollars raised and a higher average tranche size than in the first week during 2019. So it was recorded that seven capital raised transactions totaling 73.8 million versus 12 transactions totaling 71.8 million during the same week in 2019. Average tranche sizes was 10 and a half million this week versus 6 million in the prior period. So one of the largest capital raises was by Metafarm Labs. So that's a Canadian producer of pharmaceutical quality cannabis oils and concentrates. They raised $37.8 in a private placement of two series of unsecured convertible notes. So that's another publicly traded company that had to go out in a private placement deal and give a sweetheart offering to somebody under the table uh, with debt. 
So it's, uh, it's not an equity, it's not shares. Uh, so it's, it's risk averse. So it's not really a great sign, but still they got their money. Looking at public versus private capital raises of the seven capital raises that were all closed by co- public companies. And so far in 2020, public companies have accounted for 82% of all capital raises for just versus 66% for the same period in 2019. In 2020, public companies have accounted for 91% of total dollars raised versus just 72% last year. The dramatic recovery in cannabis stocks, both in terms of price and volumes, driving public companies to capital markets to seek both equity and debt financing. Obviously, the cleanest dirty shirt in the room right now with some of these public uh, companies for for cannabis, people just don't really know with the uncertainty where to put their money. So you're going to see a flood of money coming in here prematurely before the next leg drops in the market. So with public company listings of the six public companies, capital raises five are listed on the Canadian exchange, four are also U.S. exchange listed, and one is listed on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange in Germany. It's important to take a look at the equity versus debt capital raises because that gives you a level of certainty or risk taking. So if someone's willing to take equity, they're more risk tolerant versus debt, which is more risk averse. So equity-based capital raises accounted for four of the seven transactions with a convertible debt-based financing accounting for the other three. So of the four equity deals, three had attached warrants as part of the raise and the three convertible debt deals had coupons ranging from eight to 18% in terms of two to three years. In real basic terms, warrants are kind of like options where you have the ability to buy shares down the road uh, when certain conditions are met. And then with the three convertible debt deals that had coupon rangings, a convertible debt is old school. They were doing that in 2015. That's really just kind of a personal loan that could convert into equity if milestones are met. And 18%, I mean, that's like a credit card. So that's pretty crazy. The largest equity raise, moving on, it was completed by FSD Pharma, which closed 7.48 million private placements of 1.5 million units. So again, a private placement is just going out into the market and giving somebody a sweetheart deal uh, where they are publicly traded also. So this wasn't something that the average shareholder got an opportunity. When Warren Buffett comes to the table, you give him a private placement deal for whatever he wants because he's going to come out with billions and buy a lot of shares. So they make it advantageous for that type of investor. Moving on to capital raises by sector, the biotech pharma sector dominated capital raise activity in accounting for four of the seven transactions and 50.9 million of the 73 million raised. It's the first time in the five-year history of this deal tracker that this occurred. Cultivation retail sector accounted for two capital raises with software media accounting for the other raise. So as a capital raise by sector chart indicates, they've witnessed a greater diversity in sector investments this year than in last year, indicating that the industry is maturing beyond state license operators and that investors are increasingly attracted to ancillary companies. And I would also add that you have different platforms now that you haven't had before, like apps, trading apps like Robinhood. So there's a lot of speculators. And then when work from home happened, a lot of those accounts just spiked. And so you didn't see the same thing happen with the TD Ameritrade or Schwab or any of those other brokerage firms. You saw it with Robinhood. You have a lot of people trying to speculate on the market right now. And cannabis companies uh, always have an inverse relationship during an economic downturn. So it kind of makes sense, but still it is speculative. All right, let's switch gears and look at M&As. The mergers and acquisitions for June, looks like there was three M&As versus nine in the last period. 
Charlotte's Web was the largest M&A transaction. They closed an acquisition of the issued and outstanding subordinate voting shares of Abacus Health Products for a total consideration of approximately $76.7 million worth of Charlotte Web's common shares. Not a bad deal when you can just give somebody some paper shares and take their entire company. Looking at the private versus public market, all three acquisitions were made by public companies and has been the case in 90% of the M&A transactions announced this year. Public companies, particularly with the recovery in the stock prices and fundraising ability, have been the dominant acquirers in the cannabis industry. Of the acquired companies, two were private and one was public. Private companies remain the dominant targets for acquirers. Uh, then that's because of the valuations. So there's already speculation in the Canadian marketplace. And so you have to go to the private markets in order to get something that's a little bit more reasonable uh, in terms of valuation. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.